pieces of hardware to achieve this feat. And because of this fact, we had affixed on their sides a famous plaque of pictograms. It showed, among other things, an unclothed male and female human form. And the male, you may remember this from, uh, from the day, uh, and the male had an arm raised, presumably a sign of peace. That assumes that this is a sign of peace to aliens, of course. <laughs> but on this plaque, uh, there was a map that showed where the craft came from, which is essentially the return address of the solar system in the galaxy. And not only that, it showed some other basic scientific insights that we've gleaned as a species. So all of this is in case the aliens from another star system found the craft, it would allow them to learn basic facts about our species. And I'm reminded, there was a comic shortly after the spacecraft uh, did their thing, and they were well publicized. There was a comic, and it showed aliens who had captured, come upon the Pioneer craft. And it, they, they're looking at this picture that we sent on the side of the craft. And these aliens are dressed in tuxedos, by the way. And one alien turns to the other and says, they're just like us, except they don't wear clothes. <laughs> it, was a, it was a stupid comic, but I, I'll never forget it. But, but anyway, these plaques represented the first ever attempt to communicate with another species using pictograms and hardware that they might come upon. Now, here they are on their way out of the solar system. We expect them to slow down. We know they're going to escape. But whatever speed they have, we expect them to slow down as they climb out of the sun's gravitational embrace. Now, since they have enough energy to escape entirely, they'll slow down, but never slow down to zero. Okay, that's fine. Here's the problem. The actual deceleration we measure is greater for each craft than what we calculate it should be after accounting for all the possible forces that could slow down the craft. That is the pioneer anomaly. Effect is small, but it's persistent, and every attempt to understand its cause has failed. The effect became measurable about eight years into the journey, but it was not studied in detail until about 1994. Now, we haven't communicated with the Pioneer craft since 2003. They're too far away now for signals to be exchanged. But we have data over a 23-year period from, 19, uh, from 1980 right on up through, through, through 2003. And that baseline of data continues to be studied. Now, consider, we've never before measured the force of gravity in the solar system with such precision over such distances for such a long period of time. So this constitutes a new experimental frontier in physics, if you perform an experiment that's never been performed before, you almost expect something new to show up. You, you expect it, because no one has done it before. It's, a, it's, it's looking in a place you had never had the occasion to look to understand the behavior of nature. All right, so what's at cause here? Is the sun misbehaving? First, you blame the engineers. That's what I would do. <laughs> blame the engineers. It's like, look, 
Have you looked at all the possible onboard sources of what, what could interfere with the acceleration of this craft? Okay. Have you looked at any possible sort of outgassing of, uh, of fuel cells or fuel tanks? Or, uh, double check, triple check. Bring in the designer of the craft. Do you have a model of it here? Let's check that. Okay? All of this has been done. All of this has been done. And all those sources of errors have been removed. We're pretty sure. Okay. So we ask ourselves, has this experiment found the limits of our current theories of gravity and motion? Or is there still some engineering problem that even the designers of the craft have not?